This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, December 10th, and that means, yes, it is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode. We will talk some fantasy-relevant players who may have been dropped while they were out with injury but are now back. We have a rare sighting of twins putting up fantasy-relevant numbers and much more to get to on this episode. I'm joined by the guy who writes the waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge, Jonas Nader, and the proud orchestrator, recipient, uh, centerpiece of a recent office organization, Steve Alexander. I mean, listen, everyone, if you are only listening to this and you're not seeing it on video, Steve has changed locations. I don't want anyone freaking out, but this is jarring to the eyes. I think it looks good, but Steve, we're having to adjust here. I, I haven't actually changed locations. I've just mixed things. Well, I've mixed things up in the same location. You're no longer looking. No, technically, you, no, you've, you've changed locations. Jonas, I think you can back me on this. The desk has moved. It's definitely moved. What's crazy yeah. is my chair is still in the exact same place it was before. <laughs> this, the camera angle's different. You're not looking down the cavernous, uh, yes. my, my mom's cavernous, dark wooden attic. Now you're, now you've got more right. of a, I've got a, back, a backdrop. Yeah, it's very warm. There's a certain warmth has been added, Steve. Yeah. You know, we we have even more of that log cabin feel now, which <laughs> I think everyone is going to appreciate. I think I need to get a fireplace in here. Smells of rich mahogany in there. Maybe a like bear. <laughs> so much. Maybe a bearskin rug and a fireplace. Yeah, many leather bound books. Yeah. <laughs> Jonas, meanwhile, still in his bathroom. Just still in my bathroom. Yeah. Now I'm getting a green screen soon. I'm thinking about just putting like another bathroom picture in the back. Oh. I think that'd be kind of cool. Like like a couple towel racks, like a like yeah. a shower. Mix in a flush after a bad comment, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> all right, so I want to note before we get into these waiver wire pickups, toward the end of the show, we will try to take a few questions from those of you watching live with us. So stay tuned for that at the end. Steve, let's not forget that you're going to be in charge of... Uh, of the questions. You're going to be the MC of questions, which I think, are you equipped to handle that? Yeah. I'm good about it. I, I don't know that I can handle more than games played and questions, but <laughs> I will do my best to contribute otherwise. Yeah. We will not overload you with responsibility. We will max you out at two responsibilities. I mean, I'm in a new location already, Matt. You know, that's a stressful time in one's life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm stressed out by it, so I can only imagine what you're going through. They say re- they say rearranging your office, having a baby, and starting a new new job are the three most stressful things you can do. <laughs> Buying a house is, is number four. And number five is populating questions into a live stream for a fantasy basketball waiver wire show. So you have a lot on your plate, Steve, which really? I think we really can all do. appreciate. All right, so let's get started. Jonas, you wrote the waiver wired column for NBC Sports Edge. It's up on the site by the time you're hearing this, unless you're listening live, in which case it's not up yet, but it's coming very shortly after 
this live stream. So, Jonas, first up, I think we talk return of Devin Vassell. This is a guy who may be the leader in mentions on this waiver wire podcast this season. So, give us the latest. Yeah, so he missed out on the five-game week, which is a huge bummer. But remember, bummer. his percent went down from like 50% to like, I think it's like 29%, something very low right now. So he's widely available. He reminds me a lot of D'Anthony Melton, kind of that similar stat set where it's good three-pointers, very good steals, and even blocks for a guard. Like, mm-hmm. I think you can only name like on one hand how many guards have a better block rate than Devin Vassell, too. Popovich keeps talking him up. Um, I don't really care about the status of Keldon Johnson, who has an ankle injury right now. I think Vassell pretty soon is over 30 minutes consistently. And on the year, he's 97th on the year in 25 minutes. You add five, six more minutes, maybe a a slight bit more usage. And we're talking about a top 75 player this year. So I'm all in on him. What about you, Doc? Yeah, I love Vassell. He only played 17 minutes last night. He's on his way back from that injury, but... Uh, they were 17 productive minutes. He actually came through with a decent DFS line, and I'm all in. And a lot of times if a guy misses a five-game week, uh, when he comes, <laughs> the next couple weeks are like two games and three games, but the Spurs go 3-3, three, three, which is acceptable, and then they go four after that. Like This seems like the perfect time to grab Devin Vassell. I just hope he can stay healthy. His middle name is Steels. Like you said, he's, he reminds me of DeAnthony Melton. And when I think of Melton, I think of Steels first and foremost. And and Vassal might even be better at Steels than Melton. That stat line on Thursday night in those 17 minutes, nine points, five rebounds, a steal, two blocks, and a three-pointer for the season. 11.5 points, 3.7 boards. Here are the key numbers, though. 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks, 1.83s. As you mentioned, Jones, I think 30% rostered now. This is literally a free top 100 fantasy guy sitting on plenty of waiver wires right now so go double check and see that he's not out there it's always been a little odd that he wasn't added in more leagues early in the season i think people finally caught up to that and added him and then he got hurt but here we go again devin vassell time so i'm i'm as excited as you guys are about this one matt Uh, how many rosters is he is he uh on how many rosters is he on? I don't have the number, but it's 30% of... No, that's what I meant. I mean, what was his percentage yeah. of, of roster shit? Yeah, 12. He's on 12 rosters. <laughs> 12 <laughs> What? Matt, if I, could, if I could come through this screen right now. Okay. <laughs> what do we got? I was going to say what we have next is uh, Steve Jonas has had quite a roller coaster with Marcus Morris Sr. the last couple of weeks. And we'll let Steve tell us about that in a second. But uh, Marcus Morris is hot right now. Jonas, and he's almost above that 40% threshold in Yahoo Leagues as we record this. So give us the latest on the Clippers forward. Yeah, based on my reporting, he's been the first one in, last one out of practice. He's got a Nikola Jokic picture taped on his locker. He's ready. Like, he's been playing really good. He's their number two option right now, too. So last four games, he's top 70. 19.8 points, four rebounds, 2.3 dimes, and 3.8 triples on 52% shooting. Now, that isn't going to hold, but over the last three years, like he's been over 40% from three, too. So he's a really strong yeah. shooter. Not the best for steals and blocks, but Clippers are desperate for a number two option right now, and it looks like it's going to be him. Yeah, they go uh, three games, three games, four games the next three weeks. Not ideal, but Morris has been playing well. Like He he looks like – it's weird, but he looks like the, the leader of this team right now, and I, I still can't really get my head around that. I – I've been rolling with Marcus Morris. I'll play him in DFS. I've got him on a couple rosters. I don't love the schedule, but he's playing really well. So I feel like he leads that team in scoring every other night. 
So I didn't foresee us being here with Marcus Morris, but I feel like that's where we are. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you don't love the schedule, but you you do have to like the setup. And this is kind of almost what we imagined coming into the season. It just hadn't really come to fruition with no Kawhi Leonard. There's no reason Marcus Morris shouldn't be one of the top options for that team. And so while I agree, I'm a little skeptical. Well, you know, he's not going to keep up with this 20 point per game clip, but you know, is 16, 17 points per game feasible moving forward with plenty of threes and good percentages? I would say absolutely it is if he stays healthy. Yeah. The only thing you have to worry about is back-to-backs with his knee. Like in right. previous years, he's been sitting back-to-backs quite often because his, his knee swells up every night. So not ideal, obviously. But yeah, when he plays, he's automatic. Yeah. And that was the low point with me and Marcus. I think he had a four-game week and only played two two games. So yeah. But he's, he's hot. And then you dropped him, and then he did this. So it, that's that was the roller coaster as well that I was referencing. Yes, I'm glad you're just. I'm happy that you're just willing. To, you're speaking. You guys are still speaking to each other because I was worried that would kind of end things for you guys. What happened during that four game week? Steve's just staring at me blankly. Are you talking about me and Marcus? Yeah. Are you talking about me and Marcus Morris? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I you see what's on my hat, right? Like it says Dallas and. Luka Doncic yeah. and, and Marcus Morris are not the best of friends. The Clippers and Mavericks hate each other. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Marcus and I are speaking, but will I throw him on my fantasy team if I need him? Sure. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Former Clipper Patrick Beverly got hot, then he got hurt, and then he came back and he looked good in his return the other night, Jonas. So uh, give us uh, your Beverly breakdown. Yeah, so we did break him down a couple weeks ago, and then he got hurt, obviously. I think he missed like four or five games. Uh, What you're getting with Beverly is high steals, high blocks, high rebounds for a guard, a decent assist too, probably about five assists. Uh, I got a fun stat too. Like The Timberwolves starting lineup right now is probably one of the best in the NBA. I know that doesn't make sense because of their record, but if you look at the net rating, it's plus 48.3 with Beverly, Russell, Ant Edwards, Vanderbilt, who's been a big key, and Cat. Plus 48.3. Just insane. So that tells me Beverly's not going anywhere, right? He's going to be playing 30 minutes in the starting lineup, probably the rest of the way too. So yeah, I'm on board. Uh, if the blocks hold, we're looking at a top 100 player for sure. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when uh, we were doing the 5x5 five five and I, I gave Straup a bunch of breaking breaking news. And one of them was that pa- Patrick Beverly was going to play that night. And he was like, man, I, I think you got to go grab Beverly. Like he man, was kind of all in on him. And I, I, I like that take. And then Beverly went out, you know, had a pretty good game. So I think he scored a bunch of points, didn't do anything else. But, 16, yeah. Uh, what, his second highest total of the season or maybe even a season high? So that was pretty cool. I don't love – what I do love is Beverly plays Friday and Sunday. So if you grab him right now, you can you can get two games out of him. The only problem is they go three games next week and then two games the week after that. Then they go four games. So – Beverly's games played is a little shaky going forward, but I mean, he's solid. He's a solid ad, especially as long as D'Angelo Russell's out. Yeah. I mean, as for Beverly, the thing is, and I think Jonas mentioned this a little bit, the Wolves playing better than expected for a lot of us is also a big part of this too, because this isn't a situation where this is a rebuilding team. This is a team that is like kind of creeping into the playoff picture. So this isn't a rebuilding team where this veteran guard is either going to get dealt or, you know, bought out or, you know, just benched at some point or shut down. None of those seem likely the way Minnesota is playing. It's looking more likely that Beverly, if healthy, is starting for this team. If healthy is a big asterisk there, but I'm 
I'm probably most worried about that as opposed to like him being a veteran on the Timberwolves is not a storyline that or a narrative that really we have to sweat at this point. Right. There's no shutdown watch and there's no promising guard behind him that's going to take us minutes later in the season. So, yeah, he's locked in. And no offense at all to Jordan McLaughlin when we say that, but that that is the case. And just quickly, numbers on Beverly last 11 games prior to that injury, 8.9 points, 5.1 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 0.9 steals, 1.1 blocks, 1.03s. He's 25% rostered right now. So keep in mind, he had a five minute game in there where he got hurt and didn't, didn't play barely anything. So, right. We have some thrilling times, which I alluded to earlier here in week eight. Twins, Caleb and Cody Martin, both fantasy relevant simultaneously. This has, was this a first, I don't know, maybe last year we had a little bit of that going on with the Hornets, but Jonas, give us the breakdown on both these guys. Yeah. So Milwaukee probably didn't spend a second game planning for Caleb. Then he goes off for 28 points, which I think is just hilarious. Uh, But I'm actually not adding Caleb unless we get like really bad news on Jimmy Butler. I think he's still a streamer for now, but I'm more interested in Cody for Charlotte um, because half the roster is quarantined right now. Uh, But top 60 stretch in his last three games, 15 points, six rebounds, 3.7 dimes, 1.7 steals and 2.3 triples. A very unique stat that he's been a point four type of player since his college days, too. So. He's basically used in that role right now, too. A lot of usage with Nola Mello, too. So I like Cody Martin. I just don't think he's a long-term pickup beyond next week. Hmm. It was funny. I saw the the edge headline come through that Caleb was starting that game for Jimmy Butler, and I immediately went in and re, redid my DFS lineup. And then he hit 9 of 12 shots, scored 28, and had this crazy stat line, eight boards and all that stuff. And then the same night, Cody, like you said, Cody and Caleb, I don't think we've ever had brothers in the NBA do put up those kind of lines on the same night, let alone twins. So I, I do think it was historic in that aspect. I'm with you, Jonas. I think I'm more interested long-term on Cody than I am Caleb, because as soon as Jimmy Butler comes back, that's going to hurt Caleb. But let's not forget that Bam Adebayo is still missing in Miami. And Bam was sort of like a point center for them. He's, he's a weird player and they, they are going to still need somebody to replace him. And Caleb probably gained a lot of confidence from his teammates and from his coach uh, in that last game. So I, I'm not giving up on, on Caleb. Both of those guys go four times next week. I'm fine with throwing both of them in lineups and seeing what happens. And I'm definitely rolling Cody tonight in DFS. Steve Marcus and Markeith Morris would like a word. I am sure I, I don't, I don't have the box scores pulled out, but I'm sure there's been a night that those two must have put up some high-level stat lines on the same evening at one point over the last however many years. You'd have to think. Yeah, but punches landed isn't an actual stat we use okay. in fantasy hoops, man. All right. Okay. Okay. I, I kind of knew I was walking into something of that nature <laughs> when I said that. Uh, do not look now, but points and threes specialist Garrison Matthews has also gotten some defensive stats lately, Jonas. Surely we can't count on that continuing unless you're going to tell me otherwise. But either way, just give me your uh, your high-level thoughts on uh, Garrison Matthews at the end of Week 8. I mean, I still think he can stay close to one steal a game because he's playing so many minutes, too. Rockets are 7-0 and last seven games. Um, 16.1 points, almost four triples, 3.4 boards on 52% shooting. Like, the Wizards have to be throwing up right now because they gave away this guy for nothing. He was in the G League a month yeah. ago. Now Rockets Twitter is calling him Gary Bird. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> he got MVP chance last game. Like, can you imagine? Like, this was unheard of what he's doing, too. So 
I've been riding Garrison Matthews in a lot of leagues, and I don't plan on leaving him anytime soon. Gary Bird, that's awesome. Amazing. It's funny because my wife yesterday told me that uh, this guy, she was bartending this wedding, and this guy was like, where are you from? And she's like, Indiana. He's like, where? And she's like, Indianapolis. He said, is that anywhere close to French Lick? French Lick. And she's like, no. Why? And he's like, because I love Larry Bird so much. So it's always good to hear a Gary, a Gary Bird. That's awesome. I love that. Four games next week, three games the week after, then they go 4-4. That's a lot of games coming up for Gary Bird. And the Rockets are rolling. They're going to get their real true test on Friday night. They play the Bucks. Uh, I'm kind of excited about that game. Christian Wood and Giannis and all that. A lot of pace. I think Houston's the fastest pace in the league, which helps Gary Bird also. So I'm a fan of Garrison Matthews. One T. By the way, I guess we would spell that G-A-R-R-Y, Bird. Like That's how they spell use it, both yeah. R's. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I like it. So five steals, two blocks in his last three games. The last seven games, he's around 16 points, three and a half boards, 1.1 steals, 3.7 triples in 34 minutes. And as you said, those last seven games, all Rockets wins. I feel like that, it, of all the things that have happened this season, not pertaining to fans, like that's the most one of the most shocking things imaginable to me. Like that the mm-hmm. Rockets, not, not to say this team is like devoid of talent, but they were just yeah. so bad. Imagine being Dalen Green right now, though, watching this unfold. Like, it's got to yeah. suck. It's got to yeah. suck. <laughs> they are the only NBA, NBA team in history with a 15-game losing streak and then a seven-game winning streak. And not, not back-to-back, just in, a, in the same season to do that. Like, yeah, it's wild. Mind-blowing stuff. All right, bonus question here. Can either of you tell me, without looking it up, where Garrison Matthews played college basketball? Because I certainly didn't know, and the name surprised me quite a bit. No idea. Eastern Michigan. I have no idea. Lipscomb is the answer we're looking for. And double bonus, who can tell me where Lipscomb is? Because I didn't know that either. Georgia. Georgia, right? Yeah, ballpark. You're You're in the... Alabama. I believe it's in Nashville, Tennessee. Feel free to double check me on that. But according to my quick search this morning, it looks like Lipscomb University is in Nash, Vegas. Who knew? Wait, there might be one in Georgia too. But the first one that pops up is Tennessee. So hmm. apologies to Gary Bird and all his fans if he went to the Georgia one. But I think <laughs> I think the main one's in Tennessee. Anyways, we're going to move on as much as we'd like to spend the remainder of our waking hours talking about Garrison Matthews and all the tangents therein. We're not going to do that. We're going to move on to rookie Herb Jones, who actually is playing really well for the Pelicans lately. Jonas, give us a breakdown. And and do you think there's going to be shelf life to this thing? I mean, yes, because Zion's nowhere close. Uh, I even tweeted last week. I don't think Zion plays this year. Like, do you guys? Wow. Honestly? I mean, what's the point? Right? Yeah. They're already a bottom of the barrel team. Like, I mean, I hope he does. I have him, I have him on two two deep league teams where I could really use his help. But I, I think I'm probably going to be relegated right out of 30 deep this year because of Zion Williamson. So you don't relegate me. I've founded this league is what you're going to say. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to have, I'm a, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> Former champion. I started 30 deep. Like you're really going to yeah. kick me out. It's like, it's like when you don't relegate me, I relegate you. <laughs> it's like you in, a mo- I am. in a movie. In a movie where the guy that like founded the company gets bought out and run out by some yeah. young, young punks, like that's what's exactly happen your parking spot is taken. Your your thirty deep parking spot has some like hotshot sports car in it, and you're like, 
the family truckster. Sort of like office space when they tow uh, what's his face's car. Lumberg. Lumberg tows Porsche right out of spot. Oh man. <sighs> What were we talking about? I don't know. Oh, yeah, Herb Jones. Zion Williamson. I don't know. I mean, yeah, certainly not anytime soon. But so, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so give us your uh, Herb Jones breakdown. Yeah, so he's not known for offense by any means. But lately, he's been like – he had, last game, he took off from like the perimeter and just dove to the basket for one of the best dunks I've seen this year. Had a career-high 19 points. Uh, and over his last five, he's top 80. Like 11.2 points. 3.6 boards, 1.8 dimes, 1.2 steals, and 1.6 blocks. Like, that's the thing with him. Like, short of Matisse Tibble, like, Herb Jones is right there in terms of steal and block rates, too. So, even when the points dry up just a little bit, because like I said, not known for offense, his steals and blocks alone make him very, very interesting. And Steve has already done one of his jobs today, so I'm incredibly proud of you, Steve populating a question into the video feed here this is from the underdog l sheer 13 if i'm reading that correctly my eyes apparently don't work but yeah asking exactly what we're talking about seems like herbert jones is carving on a nice roll can he maintain that rest of season i mean rest of season is such a big is a big term you know what i mean but foreseeable future it's starting to feel that way and uh i mean i'll put it this way Defensive stats are so hard to find on the waiver wire. So a guy who can, you know, put up 1.2 steals and 1.6 blocks as he's done in this last five game stretch, you got to pick him up and just see what happens. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, obviously, and we may deal with some inconsistency, but I see no reason. And he's 18% rostered. So, you know, I started to research him when I saw he was on your list, Jonas, and I started to get kind of excited and wonder why I have not added him in more leagues, to be honest. Yeah. And keep in mind, Kira Lewis is out for the year, too. And like he was going to play a ton of minutes down the stretch with how many losses they piled up. And Herb Jones, since his college days, he's a utility player. He can do everything too. So him, Josh Hart, they're going to be very, very involved with the ball the rest of the way too. So yeah, foreseeable future, rest of the season, I'm in. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, when when you said we, you're mad at yourself for not figuring this out earlier, whatever, whatever however you said that, I feel like we should have been talking about him a couple weeks ago because. He's been playing well for a minute. He's been starting for a little bit. Uh, this Kyrie Lewis injury, like Jonas said, is going to help. The fact that NAW is usually terrible is going to help. The fact that the Pelicans are going nowhere is going to help. So I, I like him quite a bit. The schedule's terrible, though. Three games in this current week we're playing in, three games next week, three games the week after that, and then two games after that. So it's, it's going to be a rough ride schedule-wise with any Pelicans. Uh, it does feel like Nikhil Alexander-Walker is coming back on a little bit. There's signs of life there, at least. He wasn't going to shoot 16% forever. <laughs> I would still be betting on Nikhil Alexander-Walker long-term, though I understand people's frustration. Just a reminder that it feels like we've been at it a while, but it's still absurdly early in the big picture, especially for a bad team. A lot can change for a bad team when we get to February and March. More to come, but first we're going to take a very quick break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to remind you to subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game. Now all our premium tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We have made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Meanwhile, we are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season and the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday Night 7. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It is free and easy to play, so predict what will happen between the Bears and Packers for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Steve, as we discussed last week, you cannot play, but everyone else can. Yeah. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for ruining my day, Matt. <sighs> uh, okay. Another name that made your column, don't, uh, Jonas, is Dennis Smith Jr. He's been w- playing well for Portland. Uh, major injury issues to their big-name backcourt. Sounds like, according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo, we could get Damian Lillard back this weekend, but we have a C.J. McCollum injury, a collapsed lung, which sounds legitimately terrifying. So, Jonas, could that clear playing time for DSJ also? And and I guess how do you project all this uh, for him in the upcoming week or weeks? Yeah, I've yet to hear a timetable for McCollum. I don't know if you guys have, but I've yet to hear anything. Uh, Simons has that ankle issue that's been bothering him for a while. And Dennis Smith Jr. came to the league as like an offensive juggernaut. But since, he's been way better on defense too. So you have to imagine that they'd be open to playing him next to Dame Lillard when he comes back. Like, why not, right? They need a spark. And DSJ has been fantastic. Uh, Last three games, he's at 15.3 points. 5.3 5.3 rebounds, six dimes, and here it is, 1.7 steals and 1.0 blocks, too. That's huge. So wow. if Dame gets back and DSJ hangs around 28 minutes, sure, I'm in, right? I've already picked him up in a few spots. I'm just waiting to see what happens when Dame gets back. You know, I'm going to pop a pop a question in here just because it's relevant to what we're talking about. JCN Dricky asks if CJ McCollum is done for the season or if this has something to do with trades. I don't think it has anything to do with trades i think the the guy legit has a collapsed lung and usually if a guy pulls a quad or a hammy or tweaks something you can go in and find a comparable injury from someone else and put a timetable on how long it takes to come back from that we don't see a lot of collapsed lungs in the nba so we don't know when he's coming back i mean it kind of reminds me of karis levert with his his issue that he had like we're like when does somebody come back from that so cj could be done for the year he could be back after the new year i mean i don't really know but it is it is scary stuff and i don't think it's all trade related as for dennis smith jr it's kind of awesome that he's having this explosion in portland i'm sure the people in new york are like wait where was this kid when we had him like what is going on 
Uh, and I'm with you, Jonas. I think as long as CJ McCollum's out, Dennis Smith Jr. has got a solid 30 minutes, 25 to 30 minutes in that rotation because Norm Powell can play uh, small forward. And they don't have, you know, Anthony Simons. I, I don't know if he's the answer or not. So I, I love Dennis Smith Jr. I think if you've got him right now, you hang on to him for dear life. Portland goes four games next week, two games the week after that, and then three, four. So next week's great. The week after that, not so great. We got to mention this year, Little, too. Yeah, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You have to add Little. Like when I saw like how little he's rostered, he's at, yeah, he's still at 5%. 5%. That's insane. Had 18 points in his last game in only 25 minutes. Blazers are missing half their starting lineup. Little can play two, three, and four. Good steal rate, good block rate, good three point shooter. Now, like, come on, he has to be he has to be rostered in a lot more leagues than this. Little got hurt in that game, and it, it was leg cramps, cramps, and he didn't return. Yeah. So that was that was kind of sad because he was what five for five with like, he was balling in that game. Yeah, and I was I was very upset that he did not return. But yeah, he should be way more than five percent. Mm-hmm. And also, Jonas, I think Larry Nance makes the calm. Do you want to quickly give us the rundown there? I mean, the, the playing time has been pretty yeah. decent for Nance, but the production hasn't lately. Yeah, he's in my low-end pickup streamer section, so he's he didn't make the cut for the, the final, but the minutes are there. So Larry Nance, when the minutes are there, the steals are there, but the offensive production hasn't been. So Larry Nance didn't make the cut line for the, the top portion of my article, but yeah, he's still relevant because of the minutes right now, but more much more interested in Little and obviously Dennis Smith Jr., this is our obligatory Emmanuel quickly mention. He's still available in a lot of leagues. I find myself on the fence on quickly. Jonas, do you want to make the case for him? I, I don't know how much of an impassioned case you want to make, but make your case lukewarm, strong, however you however you want to make it. I just wanted to mention him this week because we haven't really talked about him much, but he also didn't make the cut line for the top pickups. He's in the streamer section for now. But what he does has going for him is that New York has lost four of the last five games. So we could see more rotation changes. And if quickly gets 30 minutes, he's suddenly interesting because of the assists, uh, threes, and points. Not the best steals for his career. He, d- he does have a few lately. But yeah, if something happens in New York, you would think quickly would kind of be like the next guy up, wouldn't you think? I mean, who else are they going to go to? They're not going to go back to Kimball Walker right now. Yeah, the Knicks' schedule is not great. They go 3-3, three, 4-3-3 three, three, three over the next five games. So... Three game weeks from Isaiah or from uh, Emmanuel quickly are not ideal. I like the kid though. I I've, I'm always stick up for IQ. He's playing late in games, like Thibodeau's closing with him. He's hitting threes late that have, have been some pretty big shots. But he, you know, he'll score some points and hit some threes. But the the rest of the stats are are kind of lacking. That's why we don't love him as much in fantasy. I like quickly. I don't love the schedule. He He's going to end up on a lot of waiver wires probably when the Knicks schedule dries up. And, you know, I, I'm always watching the steals with him. He does have 1.2 over his last five, but I think when you expand that to his last 10 games, the number drops to 0. 0.7, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's the number I'm always watching with quickly and uh, the reason that I haven't picked him up in more leagues. I think we're now to the part, Jonas, where a few quick hitters that we I don't think made the column – unless I'm mistaken. Terrence Davis uh, got 29 minutes and went 16 points, five rebounds, three assists with a block and two triples in his first game with Harrison Barnes back. And uh, the underdog who we heard from before is asking about Terrence Davis's rest of season outlook. I think that was a really interesting game. I, I don't want to put too much weight on that first game with Barnes back, but there may be something there with Terrence Davis where new coach, maybe he is Jonas going to carve out a solid role the rest of the way. 
Yeah, I'm not sure why I didn't email that name, but he's number one in my column this week too. So oh, okay, <laughs> me, and, me and Steve were working uh, a couple nights ago. And we saw that Terrence Davis was starting with Harrison Barnes. We're like, whoa, like that's pretty big. So really strong last few games for him. Kings are five and three since Alvin Gentry took over. By the way, uh, Buddy Hill hasn't been able to buy a basket too. So Terrence Davis, I think he sticks in that starting lineup. He's at 22.3 points, 4.3 triples. 4.3 rebounds, 1.7 dimes, and 1.3 steals over his last three games, too. So this is a player who's always been very talented, had some off-court issues early in his career, and that's why he was dumped to the Kings. But mm-hmm. he's playing a lot right now. Gentry really likes him. Um, yeah, he's, he's a top-priority pickup for sure. Yeah, I think so, too. And the fact he started, like like you said, Jonas, alongside Harry Barnes, I, I did not see that coming. I think we were all kind of wondering, well, when the, when the Kings get healthy again, what's going to happen to TD? But uh, I feel like he's going to stick. And usually when you guys kick it over to me, I have some horrible fantasy schedule news coming your way. But this time, Sacramento Kings go 4-3, four, 4-4-4. Four, four, four. That wow. is a ton of games for Terrence Davis. If you weren't sold before that tidbit, I think you should be now. I love, by the way, that... Terrence Davis did make the cut for the column. He just didn't make the cut for the email that Jonas sends me on Thursday night. <laughs> hey, Jonas was very Jonas is bad a uh, whirlwind forty eight hours. I'd say that's true. Yeah, that's true. Drove twelve hours with kids who take as many bathroom breaks as Anthony Davis goes to the locker room. Basically, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I've I've been there, so I yeah. understand. All, all is forgiven on the Terrence Davis email snafu. I'm glad we got his name in there. Um, <laughs> Is now for the weekly, I'm going to make this a weekly segment, the Hawks bias portion of the podcast. Daniil Gallinari has scored 17, 18, 17, and 20 points in his last three games. He's 29% rostered. The only downside here is only one game left for the Hawks this week, and that game is slash was Friday night. So, Steve, you got any more Hawks schedule info for us? Uh, four, three, three, four. Not okay. bad. Not bad. They're coming Not bad. off. They're coming off a two-game week this week, so that right. we got that out of the way. And actually, it's um, they play. They have a lot of four-game weeks coming up, Matt. They go four, three, three, four, and then they go three, four, four, four. So there's like a lot that. of four, a lot of fours in there for the Hawks. And there's a lot of Hawks that are probably available. Kevin Herter's probably available in some leagues. Daniel Gallinari's playing better. Bogey will hopefully come back at some point. Well, and the next name I want to mention in, at closing out the Hawks bias portion of this episode is Timote Luau Cabarro, who with Bogdan Bogdanovich and Cam Reddish still out. I haven't double-checked Reddish's status for Friday against the Nets, but Solomon Hill we know is done for the year. TLC has gotten 39 and 38 minutes the last two games heading into the weekend, double digits in both. He had 23 points and seven triples on Monday, 1% rostered. So that's not a number we normally get in here. So deep leagues, give TLC a look. Uh, Cam is probable, right? I feel is like- he? I feel like he's probable. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's probable. Well, I always feel like he's probable, but is he actually probable? And TLC had that huge game, but I mean, I, we need to see that again before in a, in a standard yeah. league, you can run out. Yeah. Sure. No, 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 absolutely. And and so Cam's probable. I don't know. I think you could maybe still squeeze one more potentially decent game out of TLC at least. I mean, 39 and 38 minutes, Reddish is going to cut into that some but I don't know how much in his first game back. That TLC game was fluky. Yeah, TLC did nothing in the previous games. So it's 
He had it's 12. Tough. He had 12 in the game before that. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not here to I'm not here to go all in on TLC. Yeah. There's a reason I mentioned him 35 minutes into the podcast. Okay. Just got a text saying put TLC number 1 in my column from Matt. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we call it, we call it Hawks bias for a reason. TLC, number 1 waiver pickup this week. Drop <laughs> anyone you can to get TLC on your <laughs> roster. That's fantastic. Hey, he was actually pretty good for Brooklyn last year too though, by the way. Yeah. In limited games. Yeah. I mean, if you can hit seven three pointers in a in an actual NBA basketball game, the you know, yeah. this was the fifteenth guy on the Hawks roster coming into the season, and uh I was not expecting him to do anything like that at any point. So that's all I'm saying. Steve, let's take a few questions before we get out of here. I know we've had a couple. We have bunch in there we probably can't get to all of them but let's take a handful here and we'll try to make this a recurring thing i'm very excited about this one you read it out oh i read it yeah uh, dav 2099 pick up chris boucher now for lamarcus aldridge beef stew or shangoon now it's funny that this that i read this question and i'm the chris boucher uh, fan club president, or at least I used to be. I've actually resigned from that position uh, <laughs> temporarily. I mean, I have not considered dropping Aldridge or Beef Stew for Chris Boucher, nor nor will I anytime soon, I don't think. And it's ironic that Shangun's on here because I was telling Roth yesterday during our, our podcast that after I said it's a year too soon and I'm not I'm not into it, we're getting close enough to Christmas and the new year that now I think I am ready to buy in on Shingun, throw him on my bench. Houston has to play him more once they start losing games again. So if they ever lose again, just, just uh, to be clear, I'm not dropping Boucher for any of these. I'm not picking up Boucher for any of these three guys. Uh, what about you guys? It's close. If I'm sitting in first or second and I have beef stew and I see Boucher in the wire, I think I'm making the move. Honestly, because Boucher, his upside is top 40, where Beef Stew, his upside is top 100 right now. That's it. True. and But Toronto's so banged up. They uh, Precious Achua has been out. OG Ananobi's been out. Kim Birch has been out. So so literally, Nick Nurse has no choice but to throw Boucher in the starting lineup for a game or two until he gets some guys healthy back. Because you know when is healthy, he's starting, and, and Boucher's back on the bench. And Boucher has put together like two mediocre at best stat lines. And that's not enough to move the needle for me. If his coach didn't hate him, I'd be a lot more excited about Chris Boucher. Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. Even with Ken Birch injured and Achua out, yeah, like, what was it, 22 minutes the last game for Boucher or something like that? And Achua Mm -hmm. is questionable for Friday as of early Friday afternoon. So we could even, in theory, see him back Friday night. And that makes Boucher play. How many minutes? I don't even know. So I'm with you, Steve. I... Shangun Boucher is close, right? But I think I'm sticking with Shangun, and I, in fact, I am in leagues where I have Shangun and Boucher's out there. But I, I get what Jonas is saying. Like Jonas always defends Boucher because at the beginning of the season, he's like he's be- he's better. He has more talent than anybody on your waiver wire. He has a higher ceiling sure. than anybody on your waiver wire, which is true. But he he just can't get out from under Nurse. So I don't I don't know, man. It's just very sad. No, it's terrifying to see him out there and to not pick him up because it's the kind of move that you'll kick yourself later a few weeks down the road. If for some reason Boucher is even getting 25 minutes a game, you'll be like, why, why did I not pick him up when he was there? What was I thinking? But these are the, these are the risks we take. Steve, let's get another one. Man, we've got a question from a perfectly named 
Twitch user Bison Horizon. That's pretty sweet. I might I might have to use that as a as a team name at some point. If you have to choose between defensive specialist Matisse Stiebel, awful last game, Robert Covington, disappointing, and Herbert Jones, which one of those guys would you pick up? Saying they're all three available on the waiver wire. Jonas, you want to go first? I'm going to say Thibel. Just sample size alone, he comes out on top for sure. Like Herbert Jones has been great, yes, but Thibel has the the years to back it up, right? Years of data, the insane steal, right? Almost like four for 36 and then almost two blocks for 36. So it's still Thibel for me. If he has just one other category, he's suddenly dynamite. But yeah, I'm going Thibel here. It's tough. I mean, Thibel, the defensive stats are so good. 1.8 steals, 1.2 blocks make that guy worth rostering but 5.7 points yeah so hard to weather that storm i'm very close between uh herb jones and thibel i think i lean ever so slightly toward herbert jones just because you know five game stretch he's averaged 11 plus points like thibel would dream only dream of something like that <laughs> so slightly to herbert jones for me steve you got an opinion on this one uh, i'm leaning herb herb jones i can, i the other two guys in that list score five points a game and i i just can't i can't i can't yeah. even covington 6.6 points per game this season oh so i was off by 1.6 points yep no but still tough times is all i mean for it's rough dude for Roka. It's, it's hard times we keep going let's get one or two more and then we're gonna get out of here Can we do the indiana question after that one yeah this one's good okay jonas uh would you like to take over yeah so <laughs> jcndrcky to ask <laughs> How about any one player to pick up from the Pacers if they are really in rebuild mode? I've got two. Um, if they dump Miles Turner or Sabonis, I would guess Miles Turner after that report yesterday. But Isaiah Jackson is extremely fun. A rookie with an insane block rate. We're talking through the ceiling. So, uh, And also Goga. If you look back at the Goga's box scores, whenever he gets uh, like 18, 20 minutes, he puts up some nice lines too. So. If you're sitting in first place, we get closer to the trade deadline. I'm looking at Isaiah Jackson and Goga as stashes. And, I mean, we've already talked about Chris Duarte, and yeah. who should who should already be gone. But I think 23.6 assists the other night. He looked fantastic. Right. He is starting to trend up in a big way. And if this team does go into rebuild, or if they don't, Duarte's role looks pretty rock solid. Steve, we got one more. I'm going to pull one up from somebody we haven't heard from. It's long. That's that's the problem. Uh, Sean, Sean Z cats, lots of injuries. Are any of these guys worth picking up? For example, Brooke Lopez, Hachimura, Pat Williams, Thomas Bryant, Kawhi Leonard, Jamal Murray. I mean, I don't really see anybody on that list worth grabbing right now. Do you guys? Uh, The one for me that jumped out the most would be Thomas Bryant right now. I think we had, we had a somewhat of a substantive recent update so this was December 6th. This was Monday. Uh, we have a blurb on NBC Sports Edge saying that Bryant could practice in two weeks. So oh. that's a little intriguing to me. I mean, you have Daniel Gafford. So what's it all going to look like? But if you're looking for a stash with some potential, the guy who probably makes it back first out of that group, it looks like, is Bryant, unless we get some kind of uh, Brooke Lopez update. He might be the only guy coming back from that group. And he's going to have to deal with Montrez Harrell and Daniel Gafford when he gets back. So that's yeah. kind of that's kind of rough. Jonas, do you want to chip in there? Or are you good? Yeah, I was just going to say, Jamal Murray, the most optimistic timetable I've heard is like late February. But it's most likely going to be March, too. So we're talking fantasy playoffs at that point, too. So 
it's really tough to stash any of these guys not named Thomas Bryant. And we don't know what kind of role Thomas Bryant's going to have either. Like Harrell's playing really well. Gafford's playing really good in his role too. So not too optimistic on any of these guys, to be honest. All right. Thank you to everyone for those questions. We're going to try to make this a regular thing, taking some questions at the end of the episode every week. In the meantime, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We're here every weekday throughout the regular season, so we'll be back on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend and some updated waiver wire pickups. Before that, though, check out Jonas's column on NBC Sports Edge, Waiver Wired. It is up by the time you're hearing this. Thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live. Steve, Jonas, thanks to both of you. Enjoy your weekend. Steve, I'm still trying to get used to that attic look. I know. Later, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.